Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 80. Can't believe we're almost at 100 episodes. And these episodes, by the way, they're anywhere from like a half hour to 50 minutes an hour. We almost, we almost been talking 80 hours together. Can you imagine that? On your drive to work, while you're in the kitchen, while you're at home. I love it, and I hope you do too. Okay, fact of the day, not so much a fact, more just a thing that I read that I found interesting. Emotional release during a massage. Have this? Do you know about this? I got a massage on uh, my birthday weekend, and I was crying during the massage, like a real lunatic. There I am, laying on my stomach, facing the hall, and tears are like pouring down my eyes. I didn't even know what to do because my hands, my arms were tucked on the bed, you know, laying flat on the bed underneath the blanket. I thought this masseuse thought I was a lunatic, but apparently emotional release is this phenomenon that, um, that happens, you know, you, you, where you're getting massage and they're, they're getting the tension out of your body and your muscles. And then you have this, this, this emotional rush, whether it's grief, uh, you know, you, I don't know, euphoria, anger, sadness, but the, the rush is, is, comes from receiving this kind of body work. I had no idea this was a thing. It is a thing. New to me, uh, but it did make me feel better to know that I'm not crazy. I don't know if this has happened to you. Um, I did get the massage gun. I think I said that a few weeks ago um, as a recommendation that came from my aunt, the Hypervolt massage gun. I treated myself, and I've been using it before and after my Pilates class, and, I, you know, I like it. I, I actually, like, it, it, it doesn't make me feel like I ever need a massage again, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it, re- you really could put it reach that, that gun, like behind your back, on your tush, wherever, and, and, and it's, and get out knots, and it really feels like it's working you. Um, I like, I, I, I've been, I've been enjoying that. Anyway, did you hear about this sick fuck, this, uh, uh, this, this killer? I, I honestly, I can't with the news, okay? I can't, and I, I apologize for my, um, my French, but I didn't know this story. There was a guy in New Jersey, this boy, 25-year-old boy, Okay, and uh, in in northern New Jersey, and he used social media to lure and kill three women. Okay, and he finally got uh, a sentenced to 160 years, and you know what, 160 years in prison, and you know what, good, stay there. Guy's 25 years old. Can you imagine? And he was he used these dating apps. He would use these dating apps, and he would get the girls to meet him. You know, on an app, just as anybody would if you were dating. And he strangled them, and then um, killed them. And a couple of these girls, he killed, strangled them, killed them, and then put their house in a burning, uh, put their house in an abandoned house, and then set the house on fire, and their body burned. I mean, I literally, I, it was so difficult for me to read the article. What a sick fuck. I, I hope you get tortured for this 160 years you're in prison. I mean, it's the most horrific, heinous thing I've ever, ever heard. And, well, not ever, but one of them. And um, the best part of this, though, is how they caught, how they caught this guy was a friend of one of the victims was able to log in to her deceased friend's social media account. I guess she got it, hacked it, I don't know, got the password. And she started conversing with the guy and got him to meet, agree to meet her at a location. And then the police came and arrested him. First of all, that girl's a genius. She should immediately become a detective. She should immediately join the force. I mean, please, you're you're a genius, whoever you are. I hope you're listening to this with, I don't know. But 
I, I, I'm, I, I was so stunned by the story. Um, it did, it did make me think about how trusting we are on social media and it, and it's a problem. I mean, it's a problem because even though we don't necessarily consider dating apps, social media, they are. And I don't know about you, if you've ever done the dating apps, but you know what I think is so creepy? You know when you don't know somebody and they call your phone and their full name, if you have an iPhone, their their full name comes up. I That's so creepy to me. And I remember when I was doing the apps, if I ever met a guy and we, we, you know, we took it to the phone, we had the phone call, you know, the phone call never went anywhere because of course then they heard my voice and they were like, is this what she really sounds like? And I was like, Kyle, what time are you picking me up? And then I was like, Kyle, you there? Anyway, <laughs> but... Um, I would be talking to these guys on the app or whatever, and then we'd have the phone call, and if they called me, their full name would show up, you know, first name and last name on my phone. So even if they didn't want to, even if I didn't know their last name or they didn't tell me, there I am seeing it on the phone. And, you know, listen, you get somebody's first name, last name, you have their phone number, you have a general sense of who they are and their profile, I mean, you know, you could find out a lot of information. So it made me realize that uh, while I'm not dating right now and using the apps, it made me realize that we have to keep that stuff like, uh, you know, kind of on lock. But the other thing also is it made me, the article, I mean, and I I spend a lot of time thinking about this regardless, is social media and TikTok and, you know, um, sharing things about your life. I love it. I love to share things about my life. But um, there, it is dangerous. And, you know, I've posted pictures of my kids, but, you know, I have to not do that really as much. As much as I want to share that with everybody, I mean, you know, there's a lot of fucking sick people out there. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's this one guy. Let me give you an example. There's this guy. I don't know who he is. He's a troll. And he's been messaging, private messaging, comics, and this is how he messages us. Every, oh, every, almost every comic I know has gotten this message. Um, it messages and says, you know, hey, do you, at, our, at our level, you know, meaning he's not messaging Sarah Silverman, okay, asking to do a private gig, but he messages and says, hey, oh, it's my anniversary with my wife. Um, do you do private shows or, you know, a Zoom show, I would assume. And most of the comics, like myself, write back, sure, you know, how, you know, how can I help? Because we do do that. We get hired to do baby showers and, you know, bridal showers and, you know, whatever, whatever, Zoom shows. And then he says, well, it's our 30-year anniversary and I really want to do something special for my wife and she's a big fan and I'm going to pay you X amount of money. Would that work? And, um... You know, and I remember writing, I got it this month ago. I remember writing back whatever some details. And then that was that, right? You know, I, I, the, it, I never heard back from the guy. But what wound up also happening simultaneously was I saw other comics posting on Instagram the same exchange that I had with this guy. So obviously scam. But the point that I'm making is, say this person was legit or he only had messaged me or somebody else and say he said oh the gig is in uh you know I don't know the gig is at this uh I don't know club country club in you know Long Island or something and there I am getting in my car going this guy could be a sick freak okay he could be a killer and there I could be you know 
going into some God knows what just because somebody, you know, just to make some money because somebody messaged me online, you know, to, to come do a comedy show. So it made me think that we have to be just so much more hyper aware. Now, obviously, in this business, you know, with these managers and agents and all this kind of stuff, so a lot of stuff gets vetted beforehand, but still, but a lot of times it doesn't. And you know what? It just, it, it just really, it rubbed me the wrong way. Anyway, anyway, the article was on NBC, like .com or something. Um, did you know Elvira? You remember Elvira? I loved Elvira. She's 70. She's 70. I love her. I can't believe she's 70. You know what's funny about her is uh, a mistress of the dog. I always, I remember watching her, which I, she was, I don't know why my mother and my father let me watch Elvira movies. I mean, when I was younger, I don't think that was probably appropriate. I think she was like hypersexual. I think she, I think she was like just crazy, horny. She was like a horn dog. I think that was her thing. <laughs> like, like a, like a horny vampire, like a horny Morticia Adams. And uh, she, I remember she would do these crazy things, like cut the ro- the tops of the roses off and only keep the stems, or, you know, she wanted boiling snakes for dinner. It was all crazy. It was zany to me. And I kind of forgot about Elvira until I heard that she turned 17. I'm looking her up. First of all, she looks great. I don't know what the hell she's using or doing. She's probably using soap and washcloths just to wash her face, which, by the way, was on a previous episode. Somebody told me if you use just a soap. So just so plain soap, Dove soap, and a clean washcloth every single time you wash your face has to be clean, a fresh one, not a not one that you use the day before and dry. Then you know you're going to exfoliate every time. Your skin's going to be baby soft for the rest of your life. Anyway, back to the Elvira, she's probably doing that. But point is, is uh, I always thought this is how funny I, I'm. You know, I'm in show business. I always thought that she was Elvira at home as well. I mean, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Like, we, 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 we have these characters that we know, right? Like an Elvira or I, I, don't, even, I don't even know. Who, who's another one? I don't know. Gilbert Godfrey actually is one. I love him. He's a brilliant comic. I absolutely love him. And, you know, a lot of people, they know him as this super nasally and loud and, oh, my God. You know, and he was on, what was he? He was, I think, in Aladdin. You know, he does all those VOs. Even though these are all parts he played, he has that crazy sounding voice, this zany guy. And in real life, he's quiet and he keeps to himself. There was an interesting documentary about him um, a few years ago. We should check it out. But I always thought Elvira was uh, just this mistress of the dark every day. I felt like, I think if I really thought about it, you know, if it crossed my mind, which it hasn't, but I would probably think, well, oh, she probably lives in a haunted house on a hill. Everything's black and maroon you know, gothic, and she's not, she's just, to, she's just a regular girl, I looked her up, I looked her up, she has like, uh, you know, like light brown hair, and she just looks like an average lady, if I saw her in the store, I would be like, you look so familiar, I can't place you, but, you know, but, 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 then, but of course, then you slap on the crazy wig, the, the black mullet wig, throw a red lip on it, mm. it's just funny to me, how we think people, are the same people offline, how they are online, or off stage, how they are on stage, or off the camera, how they're, you get the point. Anyway, I did a show in Philly, outside of Philly, Soul Joel's Comedy Club uh, in Royersford, Pennsylvania. I got to give it to this guy, okay? This guy, I don't, I, I got to tell him to listen to this episode. 
First of all, his name is Joel. Shout out to Joel. He went to Wagner uh, College in Staten Island. M- another shout out. He lived in the same neighborhood that I'm from in Staten Island, the South Shore, which is closer to New Jersey. Um, and he, he, before the pandemic, he had a club and he was only doing, I, I think, like a couple of uh, a couple of nights a week shows. And then, and it was his first time opening a club. But he's been in the comedy business forever because he used to be he would produce shows all around yada yada. Then, during the pandemic, there was a lot next to his club, a big, huge, open sandlot thing, huge space, and he put a giant airplane hangar, you know, like a, like a big tent dome, and he put 400 chairs in there and a beautiful stage, and every single night since the start of the pandemic, he has been producing comedy shows, and he has had everybody come through. Um, big J, Louie. Um, Mark Norman, um, Chris DiStefano, uh, just, just it's like David Tell was there on Saturday night. Um, and it, we, honestly, it, amazing. Kudos to this guy. Amazing business, amazing business sense. Silver lining of the pandemic. Killing it. I love him. And he asked me, little old me, can you imagine? He asked me um, to, if I wanted to come out maybe a year ago to his club. And I told him no. And I was really honest. I said to him, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to headline. I said, I hadn't been on stage. Everything's been closed. You know, what am I going to do? I'm going to come out there after I haven't been on stage for however long. And he was like, at the time, no, it's fine. Just come. It'll be great. Don't worry. And I was like, look, I got to be honest with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell you the dream and then show up and you're going to get, you know, something that you weren't expecting. I said, if you really want me to come there, come back to me in a year and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know where I am. And I felt that honesty, I always feel that honesty is the best. And he did. He came back. He asked me to come and I went. I went on Sunday. I went the day after David Tell is there. I thought, oh my God, how amazing. David Tell's here on Saturday night. I'm here on a Sunday. Um, it was great. We didn't have 400 people come. We didn't have that many people come. Uh, you know, and Tell was there. Uh, sold out, you know, a couple, I think he did like a couple of shows. So, you know, if you, if you're living in Pennsylvania and get a babysitter, you're not going to get a babysitter for a Saturday night and also get a babysitter for, for a Sunday night. But we had a really nice number of people there. Everyone had a great time. Lots of Italians in the audience. They brought me a pizza, a tomato pie, which this is a whole new thing to me. <clears throat> they had this few girls in the audience. So cute. They had this giant box, tomato pie. They tell me it was, and I'm thinking like, you know, like they opened the box. It looked like a Sicilian pizza and or focaccia. I couldn't really tell, but they said it's you eat it cold. It basically, what it is it's a Sicilian pie, um, but cold. And uh, you know, the so lots of so the doughy, lots of sauce, very little cheese. You know, uh, do I want to eat cold pizza? Not really, but I thought it was pretty delicious. I'd eat it. You know, I it's native to Philly. I think I, I talked about this uh, somewhere. I may be on Instagram, but anyway. We had an amazing time. If you're ever in the neighborhood and you want to go see a comedy show, check out Soul Joel's. He he's he's a super cool guy. And you know what? The best part about someone like him is, which I like to support, is that he gave someone like me a chance. Now I'm not taking anything away from me as a stand-up and my talent and my hard work that I'm putting into this, but I haven't been doing this for 20 years. Newsflash, as you know. And you know, to, he found me online and to find me online and to say, this girl's been doing stand up five years. She's, you know, she's on her way. Let her come and headline at my stage is just so nice. Cause that's, you must really like comedy for that reason. You must really like to believe in people. And 
that's so that's just so important in this because so many so much of uh, this business is are they going to sell tickets? Are they uh, are they a giant name that everybody knows from TV and this that? So thank you, thank you to Joel Richardson who owns Soul Joel's. Um, it, it was amazing. And by the way, by the way, people were asking for my autograph. You should have seen me. It was so ridiculous. Girl comes over. She's like, "I have the autograph." I look over my shoulder. I'm like, "Who's autograph? I want one." <laughs> I'm just like, she's like yeah well, I'm like me she's like yeah I'm like I know I don't even know how to do an autograph they give me a pen I'm like oh gotta 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 get a glamorous I mean like it's, it's you know I have given autographs in the past but this, it was but like not really a lot so this was a little strange um anyway oh, it was fun that was fun I want to do it again you know when you're on stage for a long time I was on stage I don't know 40 45 minutes you 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 just have this connection with the audience. I wish I could do that every night of the week. One day. One day. Um, I'm waiting still to hear back from the New York Comedy Festival. I'll keep you guys posted on that. They have a new talent show. Um, and I'm just, fingers crossed, that will be a really big deal um, if I get that. So I have my fingers crossed for that. And I did run into, I don't know if you guys know Nikki Smigs. Uh, there's a woman who beca- has become my friend. If you're listening, hi, Maria. She told me about him months ago. I met her at Governor. She said, oh, you gotta, uh, you gotta, you know, we went, to, me and my sisters, we went to go see this kid, Nikki. You should know. I said, I don't know. She said, oh, he, he, you know, he's cute. He's kind of like Sebastian, whatever, young kid. I said, okay. So I wound up checking him out online. I didn't know, you know, I didn't really know anything. And, uh, and then a couple other people mentioned uh, me to him and, uh, sorry, him to me. And so I finally said, all right. You know, so I reached out to him and he, you know, he knew who I was and blah, blah, blah. He just moved to New York. Um, and so uh, we met the other night at a club. We, Hannah Burner was playing Gotham. He went to go watch the show. I had just gotten off the stage uptown. And he said he was in town and you come and meet. So I met him and we said we're going to do a show and we're hoping for mid-November. Um, and I, I know I've said that with other people in the past and it, for whatever reason, it was taking a very long time or still is. But Nikki, Nikki was really cute and good. So I'm uh, working on getting a venue. Right now we have a tentative date of November 13th. But again, I'll let you know. And of course, post it online. Trying to clean out this house, by the by. You know, winter's here, doing the winter summer thing. I was looking for my Marie Kondo book. I probably threw that out when I, you know, when I was purging some other time. But one of my friends said, she said, you know, oh, Marie Kondo. They said she just stole the idea of the Swedish death cleanse. I said, the what? Do you know about this thing? There is a thing, a, a practice called the Swedish death cleanse. And it's a, it's a decluttering practice. And um, basically it means that you get, you know, you have your house, you, you clear out all your unnecessary crap all over the place. Um, any, anything that's, anything that's aged, you know, over this, your life stage, you know, I guess, so if you have a, a, a crib and your baby's not in the crib anymore, get rid of it. And they say that you should have, you should do this, you know, sooner than later before you have to let other people do it for you, which either means I guess you are dead or sick, God forbid, something. Anyway, it's basically a permanent form of organization so you can run your life smoothly every day. So Marie Kondo, did you take the Swedish death cleanse, you know, thing from her and build a best-selling book? If you did, you're a genius. But anyway, I got to I gotta get on the, the, the Marie Kondo train. 
if you haven't read the book, I think it's called The Art of Tidying Up or The Joy of Tidying Up. And, you know, you only keep the things that you that bring you joy, um, which is why I'm never throwing out my kimono collection, you know, stuff like that. But I, I, I just, I, I really have a problem because I have so many sizes of things. I never know what size I'm going to be. I never know. I have pants size 2 to 24. You know, it's so funny. Men, men, men make me laugh. Men make me, and we need more comics talking about this kind of stuff. Don't you think more female comics? Men, they're hilarious. Men are like, oh, she has a big closet. She loves her bags and shoes. That's why she has a big closet. It's like, no, I don't need a giant closet to house the 47 bags that I collected from TJ Maxx over the last 16 years. I need a big closet because I got a size 12, size 2 to 12 on any given day. Like in July 4th, I'm a size 2. You know, fast forward to December, I walked up back and forth Dunkin' Donuts a few times. All of a sudden, I'm a size 12. I can't keep up. I need the space. For my clothes, but I need to get rid of them. I uh, so, mm, ugh, I hate to do it, you know. And then I, I probably mentioned in previous episodes, and you know, and then the style. I mean, this is why moms moms just have a style. Like you know, we. I feel like we're all very fat. A lot of mothers have children, older women, whatever. You know, we have fashion. We we like style. We like clothes. We like to look good, but we can't keep chasing the trends because if you're chasing the trends. You you know you you it's gonna you you're chasing you're you're chasing craziness because what are you gonna do you're gonna get rid of all your jeans that you know your your stock supply of jeans in your closet in the sizes that you need and then all of a sudden you're gonna get rid of them to go get the high waisted acid wash stuff that's in style right now get that out of here. This is why so this is my theory on why moms have a look you know it's like is it an eighties look fine is it you know is it a a look from the two, early 2000s, fine, but it's a look because that's what fits and works and it's easy and ah. <sighs> so exhausting. The whole thing is so exhausting. I'm trying to find, um, I, like, I need a new vest, a new down vest. I love a down vest. We're going to get to that in a second. But before I do, I want to tell you about uh, the idea of having a stash of cash, uh, especially for the girls out there listening. I read an article the other day uh, that it was a, a man writing in to, uh, for advice saying that, you know, he's been with his girlfriend for, you know, a decade, whatever. They have an amazing relationship. Excuse me. The amazing relationship. They, they talk about money. They have joint bank accounts. And he just found out um, after, you know, 10 years or whatever that she had a secret savings account and uh, with money in it, a, a decent, a nice amount of money is what he said. And she didn't tell him. And he felt so horrified. And uh, he felt like she had lied to him because how could she keep this money from him? And, you know, blah, blah. I'm reading this article. And I'm thinking, that's the oldest trick in the book. What, 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 get the hell out of here. First of all, first of all, my father always had extra money, I feel like, in his sock drawer, like with a rubber band about it, around it. I don't even, I don't even know if my mother knew about that money. I just feel like he always had money in his sock drawer. That's the first thing, okay? Men have been having side stashes of money for, I feel like, forever. And so have women. So I don't know what kind of guy is writing in. I mean, I shouldn't say what kind of guy. I get it. You're all on the same book with each other. You're all open. You're all talking about money. But really, you're going to be so upset. You're so upset that you're writing in that she that you found out that she has a secret stash of money. You should be happy because she sounds like a smart girl. Okay, let me tell you something. I've met so many older people, um, older people like 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 in their 80s and 90s. I volunteered at a nursing home when I was uh, younger 
when I was like a freshman in high school, at the time I thought worst job ever. My mother made me do it for community service. But looking back, it actually, you know, I learned some lessons. These old biddies running around the, the, the nursing home, they would say, save your money, keep it from him, save your money. And let me tell you something. My parents had a bad divorce, okay? And uh, and we lived a pretty comfortable life. And then and, until, you know, we didn't. And when my father left, and, you know, and that was it. My mother was on her own. My mother had the kids. And and that was that. My mother didn't have any secret stash of money. Whatever she had, she had. Now, if she had a secret pot of cash, you know, maybe things would have been a little different. I just think it's protection. I think, I get it. You wanted the girl to know. You wanted, you want, I mean, you wanted her to tell you that, that she has this money. Well, she didn't. Who cares? Move on. I think if you're a woman out there and you're listening, says young, young girl, you should have a secret stash. Me and my girlfriend Priscilla, we would joke like, well, you know, years ago, like, well, when we were first married, we would talk about how we have our secret stash of cash uh, and what we were going to do with it. You know, we had like little goals, like we were saving for this and saving for that. And you know what? My ex-mother-in-law told me the same thing. She would, you know, I think she kept some money on the side. This is not being deceptive. This is just protecting yourself. Wendy Williams famously says that, I think she famously, not I think, I know she famously said years ago she had a a Air Force One Nike shoe box like on the top of her dresser or something with emergency cash in it. I... Look, you got you 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 just it's not even about protecting yourself. It's just having a little something on the side. It's your little own secret. I see nothing wrong with this. I think to the guy who wrote in, go get your own secret stash too. I mean, and men, you could do you, Please. You know what? I don't even want to justify this with any more. I'm just wanted to tell you that if you're young, you should have a secret stash. Don't put all your money together. My ex-husband, if you're listening to this, he's probably annoyed cuz we always fought about money when we were married, because we had our money together, and I always wanted to have, I always wanted to take a little, we got, so we had our money together, and we got paid into the same account, and I always used to tell him that I wanted to take a little bit of money out to put in my own account, and he would say, why are you putting this in your own account? What's the, what's the reason, Elise? Why? Everything is ours, and I would say, it's just something like in my head. My family, we had, we were comfortable, we had whatever we had, and then we lost. I said, I want, I want to do this, and he, I, and I was honest with him. And he would just fight me on it. No, no, no. And let me tell you something. And he wasn't controlling. You know, I say he's a great guy. But let me tell you something. You're telling me, no, well, guess what? I'm going to go to the ATM. I'm going to take out $200. And I'm going to stop being sneaky now and putting it in my sock drawer because you, you're telling me no when I'm saying I want to get a you know bank transfer, you know, maybe a regular transfer. And I didn't like that I was having to ask him, air quotes, ask you, ask you. I I was having a job. In fact, I was making more money than him for a very, very long time. In fact, probably the whole marriage. And I shouldn't say that, but I'm going to have to ask you for money. Get the hell out of here. So you know what? I think that if you want to have your own little thing on the side, you should. And And for every young girl listening, just do that. Just do it. Who cares, please? Anyway dying to get a new vest. <laughs> I know this is like the dumbest thing. This is so stupid. I I, I, I don't, I love, I wear leggings. I wear the same type of clothes all the time. I, I love Uniqlo. They have these heat tech, by the way, you should try. Heat tech. Uniqlo makes this heat tech, um, you know, like turtlenecks and long sleeve shirts and tanks. And I, I buy all of them. They're like, they're very inexpensive, very affordable. They come in these little cute packages 
And um, I, I, it's like my uniform. I wear a black Uniqlo turtleneck and either a skirt and tights and boots or whatever, or I wear the turtleneck and leggings, and I love a vest. I like a down vest. Like, that's just a thing. And I have black, whatever. I wanted to get nice color. I have a Christmas one. You know, of course, I'm so corny like that. But uh, The Gap has some vests out, and uh, they have a green leopard vest. And what I love about it is that it's longer in the back, so it covers your butt. So I bought the vest. By the way, the Gap right now has 40% off. So, you know, that's why I bought it. So I got the vest. And if you want to look at these Gap vests, usually, I just so you know, woman sizes, I usually wear a medium. It's so huge. I got to return it. I need a small. Automatically, I love it even more. I love it even more that I'm wearing a small. But, but the thing is, is that the vest is made, the exterior is nylon, the interior is polyester, which is all well and good. But if you're living in the city like me and you're constantly outside and you're literally wear, need to wear things to keep yourself warm because you're not jumping in and out of a car, this is probably not going to do it. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to return it. I probably would get the small because, it, because I like the idea that it covers my butt. And I will wear it probably on stage and that kind of thing. But am I going to be able to be actually warm in it? Wear it for warmth, like that kind of vest? Ah, no. Um, last night I was on, um, I think it was Land's End. And they had some some vests, pattern, you know, like pattern vests. They had like a patchwork one. It was a little grandmary, but I feel like you could jazz it up if you wear all black underneath. The thing is, is that it's one of those short vests. You know, it it comes right to like a little bit, maybe like a half an inch lower than your belly button, you know? So your whole ass is sticking out. I I, I want the vest to cover. I need the vest to, <laughs> to cover my butt. So uh, my product really of the week was this Gap vest because I like that it cuts longer. But the downfall is that it's not really meant to keep you warm. Um, of course, when I was in the rabbit hole of Google last night looking up the vests, I stumbled upon Saks Fifth Avenue and the website, and there's this brand. This isn't part of product of the week. This is more just an aside. I just loved it. I don't. If you you gotta look, and if you like it, we have the same style. There's this brand, Sam, S A M. They make such cute. Oh my god, such cute winter coats right now. Um, they had this amazing leather and shearling coat. There's you know that short coat, like a bomber jacket. They had another one, kind of also the same style. It was like a brown patent bomber jacket with the white cream shearling on the inside. I just like, honestly, so cute. I love it. The problem is I can't wear that because I'll walk around like Humpty Dumpty. It will make me look giant on the top. I, you just see legs and a giant top. I can't do it. I, 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 need a, I need the coat to go longer. Besides, I'm not spending, you know, whatever the hell they wanted for a coat. It's not necessary. There's a woman in my building, though. She dresses so stylish. She has one of these leather, you know, black leather coat with the straps and the black shearling. She's always, she always looks so cool. She's maybe like 45 years old. I'm like dying to stop her. I feel like she's a fashion editor or something. She's just such, she's just always just cool. You know, even her exercise clothes. You know these people? Even her exercise clothes, she looks great in. She goes, she sits on bike. She gets, has a bike. She goes riding on the bike. I'm just, she's just cool. She's just cool. But I don't want to ask her what she does or what, you know, what, that's so weird. Hi, I'm the crazy mom that lives in the building, you know, with the two kids. You always look so great. Do you mind me asking where you buy all your stuff? But there's just, there's some of those people, right? There's just these people out there. They just, they just look cool. They just look cool. Um, 
Anyway, so Gap vest in green leopard with the longer bottoms comes in other colors. Very cute. The other vest recommendations are Land's End just because they have patterns. If you want a vest that I really like, um, short, still annoying, but warm. Uniqlo, back to Uniqlo, love that store, has a vest called the Ultra Light Down Vest. It's $49.95. It's, it's light and it's thin, so that's why I love it. It really, keeps, it really does keep you warm. It really does. I like to wear that under a lot of things around the city. Anyway, this is it for the Elise Delucci Show. I didn't do my quote of the week. I am doing it right now, and it's Brene Brown, which she has one of the law. If you don't know her, Google her. She has one of the um, most uh, widely viewed TED Talks, like in the world. She does a TED Talk on vulnerability, and that's, she studied uh, vulnerability. She's like a vulnerability expert. She's like a therapist. I don't even know what the hell that means, but... It's just all about, her TED Talk is all about how you have to be more vulnerable in life and yada yada. And she's amazing. Anyway, she has this great quote and it says, I now see how owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we will ever do. So, Brene Brown. Love yourself through your own story and your journey, and that's the bravest thing we're ever going to do. Because, you know, most people, will walk, they walk around ashamed or they're trying to be somebody that they're not. You know, when I decided to be a comic, when I decided, I said, I'm going to really do this, you know, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go on stage, talk about my life. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. But for that very point, just own it. Own flaws and all, warts and all. Who cares? People can relate. They can relate. Anyway, that's it for the Elise DeLucci Show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I really appreciate you. I am going to keep you posted on the comedy shows. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I hope you have a great week. Talk to you. Ciao, ciao.